The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life, but they're better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick. I can say that live. Isn't that good? The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. In regards to the media, that is like a poke in the eye with a sharp stick. Get it? Life lessons for our faith that we can actually use. Probably won't if we sit on our blessed assurance. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? I'm bad at this, but I'm worse at everything else. How about that one? Also, Bible trivia for fake, and yet somehow, real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. The David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I'll be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Yes, that's a long time. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. Got this in my devotions this morning. Here's this simple question out of Galatians chapter 1. Do we seek to please people or do we seek to please God? Ooh, that's a tough way to start the show already. Hey, if you've got an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, don't let it die of loneliness. Just reach out to us. It'll be fantastic. You can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, you better strap in because you'll be talking to... Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a dynamite. Dynamite. Talking to Dynamite D, that's like throwing somebody throwing you an awesome surprise party that you weren't expecting, and you were like blessed. Yep, Sounds good. That's what it is to talk to Dynamite D. You can also text us, by the way, 214-210-8483. That's 214 214- Two one zero eight four eight three, two one four, two one zero, eight four, eight three. 
Additionally, you can send us an email, david at hemustincrease.org. We're not going to make that complex. Pretty straightforward. You put a David in there, the little at sign, and then he must increase. And don't forget it's .org. Why? Because we're a ministry. That's why. Also, we want to encourage you to check out the website. couple things to remind you about right off the bat. Remember, this is a new year, 2023, and we are going to live by Eva Every victory acknowledged. I don't want to hear about, Sammy Davis Jr., personal friend of mine. Stop that. Okay? We're going to be thankful for all the great things the Lord did and the Lord is doing and the Lord's going to do. And that's our attitude. On top of that, we encourage you, by the way, if you go to the website to check out the opportunity to give. Why? Because we live by donations. Do we live really well? Well, I think, you know, if you use Billy Graham's uh, uh, understanding, anybody who lives in America is the rich man in the Bible, so I kind of agree with that. But, you know, we got to pay the radio bill. If you ask Don, otherwise Don comes knocking. Dave, pay the bill. And I, I just don't like that. So anyhow, help us out if you can on the site. You can give directly through the site or you can send it to us. tells you how to do that on the website. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? HeMustIncrease.org Praise report? HeMustIncrease.org Looking to give to this ministry? HeMustIncrease.org Confused by what's happening right now? HeMustIncrease.org HeMustIncrease.org Was it me or was there like a little stall or a little like time lapse there between that sound that and That was a little bit of a stall. A little, a little bit of a stall. I think that is a bird who has smashed into a rubber wall and then bounced back, landed on a live concert in New York, and then smashed into the cymbal. A red bird. Okay. I'm going to go with that. A couple things to remind you of. I just want you to be aware of. Um, Don't forget to pray for the audience. I'm never going to stop saying it. You might as well just get used to it. It's going to happen all the time. Please be praying for the audience. Please be praying for the audience. Please be praying for the audience. I also would like you to pray for my brother, Billy. I talked to him yesterday. And so he's going through quite the physical challenge, which is, you know, it's hard. He's the one that the Lord used to bring me to faith. And we have been brothers together in the faith. I mean, 30, less than 30 days apart. I think two weeks apart, actually. Uh, I mean, our entire lives. And we're the ones that took our stand against the family. And the family 86'd us. I mean, it was him and I in the fire together. Just be praying for him. He's going through a very, very tough time. And I would just like you guys to do that. I'm going to pray for him and just ask you to join me in that. Uh, and I don't know all the things that the Lord needs to do or will do or, or you know, is is going to put before him, but I'm just praying that he has the faith to endure. So pray with me in this, please. Father, we come before you right now in the precious and powerful name of Jesus Christ, and we give you thanks and praise in every possible way. You're awesome. Your goodness is far beyond us, and I'm asking for my very own brother that you could just touch him. I know he's going through a tough time in his own faith, not doubting you, Lord, just afraid. And that you might comfort him, and that you might encourage him, and that you might do the very same for people who are listening in our audience who need that touch, who need that grace, who need that comfort. Please be with them. Please be with my brother. Please help these people. Please love on them better than we can. 
We just lift this up in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, so that's what's going on there. That's what's going on there. In the meantime, for those who do not know, we are in 2 Corinthians, and I am looking forward to teaching you this and hope I do not mess this up because this is a huge teaching. And that's why I was so amazed when we're going through 2 Corinthians. I can't believe that more people haven't don't teach on this book. It's just like we've already gone through one, two, three, four, five teachings, and four of them have been lights out. Right? Listen to this. This is the kind of stuff I just, it just blows my mind. It's small. My mind's small, but it still blows it. Second Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to pick it up at verse, uh, basically verse 13. It says this, For we do not write you anything that is beyond your ability to read and understand, and I hope that you will understand completely. So here is the Apostle Paul under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, writing in partnership the Word of God, just like the 66 books, 39 in the old, 27 in the new, just like the 40-some authors, just like the different people uh, who are, were in different you know, professions throughout their entire writing you know, existence and throughout the whole Bible, written by slaves and kings, right? Just listen to this. Paul writes, okay. We are not writing you anything that is beyond your ability to understand. Now, let's just comment to that and focus on that. It's not beyond our ability to read and understand. This is a direct condemnation, condemnation of the religious elite that say that they must be the ones that teach because all the material is too complex. For a thousand years, the church has been like, you can't understand it. You're just a person. You can't understand it. You're just a regular person. Yet right here in the text, which none of them bothered to read, he, he writes, we have not written to you anything that's beyond your ability to read and understand. Hey, you know what? We wrote to you in a way that you can get it. You're going to get it. You understand it. Now, here's the thing. When people say, and let me, I'll, let me, I'll give the explanation. Hold on. So when people say, you need me to help you understand, what they're saying is they're a better teacher than the Holy Spirit. It's like, okay. A, how sinful is that? B, how prideful is that? C, how sinful and prideful is that? Now. That does not mean that we don't need teachers to help us understand more profound principles and encourage us to grow. That's not what that's saying at all. What it's saying is, look, I'm writing to you, and you should be able to get this, and I'm giving it to you, and it's not so profound you can't understand it. It's right here before you. We're not writing you something that's beyond your ability to read and understand. So this is my contention. Actually, I'm not as much a teacher. I mean, I am a teacher, but I'm more of an encourager than a teacher, if you're going to ask me. I'm more of a, instead of a preacher or instead of a teacher, I consider myself a reacher, and I've told you guys this before, somewhere between P for preacher and T for teacher is an R. And R is between P and T, and that's what I am. I'm between a preacher and a teacher. So what I'm trying to do is reach you in this and say to you, guess what? God can teach you better than I can, better than Billy Graham could have, better than the smartest people, the, the, the chancellors at all the universities. God can teach you better than any other ever always fact. 
There's not even a question. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul goes, I'm an apostle, not because of man, not because I was taught it, not because I learned it, but because God showed me. That's what you and I need to grasp is that the Lord does the revealing. He does the opening up. He helps us understand in our minds. And it's not that teachers are bad because they're a gift from God, but they're there to help you draw closer to God. So my encouragement is when you're reading the word of God, do not read the word of God to read. How about that for a statement? Oh, i got to read my Bible. No. What you got to do is take the separated time to listen to God. See that difference? Instead of reading it to read so you can say you read, you read it to hear. Watch this. Because it's called, get ready, the Word of God. <laughs> See, see how that works? See, see how that works together? You are able. You have been enabled. Jesus lives in your heart by faith. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You can do it if you will slow down, get rid of the distractions, and listen. You will find out that what was written is not beyond your ability to read and to understand. I would call that a supremely good open to a show. That's what I would call it. Okay, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience, you say? I'll put it to you like this. Do you love a good joke that's pretty bad? What do you call an animal that doesn't practice what it preaches? Hippocritopotamus. <laughs> Come on. Do you love being able to ask questions, comments, or having someone to pray for you? If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we don't want it to die of loneliness. We want it to have a chance. And last but not least, do you love some trivia? All right, we got our trivia question. Uh, who made clothes out of leaves that were sewed together? Somebody want to answer the trivia question? Oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? We're talking to Mary. This is Al. This is Brother Ace. This is Eric. This is Deborah. Now, if that doesn't make you curious, maybe you should tune in and check it out for yourself. Think of me as the big brother that won't go away. <laughs> That's me. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience weekdays at 1.30 p.m. on 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Do you think it's been, organizational leadership has been a good thing for church leaders? Well, it, oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's a penetrating question. The answer is very simple. If used correctly to add value to people and serve others, it's a good thing. If used incorrectly, it's not a good thing. And, uh, you know, when people talk about everything rises and falls on leadership, I teach them often that it rises, but it also falls. And nothing is better than for people to have a good leader, and nothing's worse than for people to have a bad leader. And the, to me, what, what makes servant leadership work is this. Most leaders put themselves first before their people. And so it is a me uh, motivation as far as leading what's in it for me. Uh, I, I travel internationally with my uh, company, Equip, and... And, uh, in fact, I'll, I'll leave Sunday for Guatemala. In fact, I'll be meeting next week with the president and the cabinet of Guatemala. And when I'm, when I'm with these leaders alone, David, 
alone. I mean, no no handlers, no media, nothing, but just alone. The question I ask him, which is, I think, the true servant leadership question is, will the people be at, better off after you've served your term as a leader than they were before you got there? Wow. And, and I think that's – and when the answer is yes, you have been a good leader, it has been a good thing. Organizational leadership, good thing. When the answer is no, bad leader, bad thing. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're getting ready for our first trivia question. What is the name of the man who replaced Judas as the 12th apostle? Oh, <laughs> Acts chapter 1, if you're trying to figure that out, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 as well. You can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. It is here always, often, and for a long time that we have done our DNA because we believe that the DNA is essential and important important for us to function in. Let's listen to the DNA. Hey, if you're sitting there listening and thinking, oh, Dave, he's sounding kind of arrogant. Let me just tell you right now, I had such a good time with the Lord in my devotions. I'm just floating. So just bear with me as I'm enjoying my time. We do have somebody calling in. What we're going to do is we got somebody calling in. We're going to put them on hold if we can. That's what I'm going to check with my brother. We're going to put them on hold so we can get go through our DNA. We're not trying to rush through. We want to make sure we get it done right. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. Because every time you spend time with the Lord, you change the trajectory of your life. How about that? It's just as true as can be. It happened to me today. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never be ashamed of what Jesus had to say, ever. doesn't matter what the world says. They don't have a heaven to put you in. Forget that. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which other people then become a part of your radar. It's not just you. It's not that you never think of yourself, but you can't only think of yourself. You have to be more selfless than selfish. Get it? Don't sell fish. Get it? All right. Uh, somebody's ready to uh, answer the question. Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, knock, knock. This is David. No, my dear brother who phoned go out, so he'll probably give us a call back. Okay. Let's have him give us a call back so you guys know what the question is. Straightforward. Uh, what's the name of the man who replaced Judas as the 12th apostle? If you think you know and know... No, an epistle is not the wife of an apostle. See, epistle is a letter. Anyway, 972-445-0770, 214-210-8483 is the text, david at org 
is the email. I'm going to go right into back into Second Corinthians because this portion is just it's just such good stuff, and I I I I'm mad at myself that I could can't teach it better. Trust me, because some of this stuff's beyond us. Oh wait, wait, wait! Our brother's calling back in, so that's why that was my little stall so that he could get a chance to call back in and answer the trivia question because I'm trying to be supportive for everybody and give that opportunity. So here we go. Send him on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? And this is your little brother because the big brother won't go away. So. <laughs> okay, so quickly, the answer is Matthias. That is correct, Amundo! Do you remember who the one is who didn't make it? That's tough, huh? That's tough. Do you remember? He 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 has a name similar to Mo. <laughs> his his name was right now. His name was Joseph or Barsabbas. That was the other guy who was up there, and he did, he did not make it. So. Excellent job, brother. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah, I've been praying for you and our audience. So, uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy. And I'll be keep praying for, for you all because you're a, a good, dear family. The Spoon family. I love the Spoon family. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. We will all continue to pray for you. Everybody that can hear your voice will continue to pray for you that you may be blessed this year and strengthened in the Lord. Love you and shalom. Okay, shalom. Okay, excellent job by our brother. All right, let's go back into the text while we have the opportunity. Here's what the text is. We just read, for we do not write you anything that's beyond your ability to read and understand. I hope you'll understand completely, as you have already understood us in part, so that you may boast of us just as we will boast of you in the day of the Lord Jesus. Paul's like going, eh, we can rewrite you. You know what's going on, and we know you, and you know us. Here's what he says in verse 15. Confident of this, I plan to visit you first so that you might receive a double blessing. I went to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to return to you from Macedonia, and then you have helped you you have, you helped me on my way to Judea. So the reason that I want to bring this up is just because sometimes in the church there's a quirk or something that takes place in the theology, and then people write like an entire book on like a half a verse. Okay, <laughs> and it's like okay, that's cool, but okay, just just at least keep it in its proper place. So he's talking about, I, I, wanted to, I, I can't wait to impart to you that you can receive a double blessing. And so people hear that. And what's the first thing that people think about when they hear the phrase double blessing? Just be honest. They're like, oh, Elisha. Elisha wanted a double portion of the ministry and the power of Elijah. That's what he wanted. That's what he's talking about. That is not what Paul is talking about. <laughs> This is why this is why you gotta like pull it back, try and you know, walk the walk the way that the Lord has set before us. The double blessing is simply referring to two great things that are gonna come about because the apostle Paul would see the Corinthians. So don't try and read more into it because it's really cool and that you can like, oh wow, like that. Just don't don't don't. You can always pray for a double blessing. There's nothing wrong with that. Just don't make it a formula. There's nothing wrong with saying, oh, Lord, bless me twice. Nobody's saying you can't do that. But but, but you're not Elijah. So God has not told you to go to the king, look at the king, and go, I won't even look at you. 
you know, that's, that's not happened yet. Uh, and you haven't raised too many people from the dead that I'm aware of. So I'm just kind of like playing along so you can understand what's going on there. And then he says this, and this is we're not going to spend a lot of time on because you hear this in one of the fills that I do. In verse 17, he says, when I plan to, to do this, to visit you, did I do it carelessly or did I make my plans by human standards so as to say yes when I really meant no? And so in this process right here, he this is where the word foolishness comes into play in the Greek. And so Paul is saying, hey, did I make my plans to come visit you in some lighthearted fashion? And he's like, no, I didn't. I didn't do that at all. So some people have taken this portion again and tried to make it. It means something different, saying that you can't use humor to present the gospel, which this has nothing to do with that whatsoever. And if you have ever heard of a, a group called Isaac Air Freight, you would know that they had the opportunity to lead thousands of people to Christ through their Christian comedy. It was just some of the best stuff ever. In fact, they were the ones that came up with Jerusalem Dragnet. And if you've never heard of Jerusalem Dragnet, it's one of the— Classics of all time, where the guys that get healed by Jesus come into the police station and they say, we'd like to file a complaint against Jesus. And they're like, why? What did he do? He healed us. And they're like, well, well what's the problem? And they say, well, now we have to work. <laughs> it's so funny. See, that's funny stuff. People can laugh at, stu at stuff like that. People can, you know, get it. And God touches people on a regular basis through different means. There's no reference to humor being bad for the gospel. Only a legalistic Larry or a legalistic Lulu would think that. It's like, why would you why would you do that? If God didn't laugh, he wouldn't have let you live. You want to see how funny God is? Get a mirror. How about that? <laughs> you did a testimony beyond that. So Paul's like going, oh, I was going to try and get there. I just couldn't get there. I wasn't trying to be lighthearted about it. I couldn't make the plans. It didn't work out. I got a message for it. In, even if you're the Apostle Paul, sometimes you make a plan as the Apostle Paul. Guess what? doesn't work out. Did you know that sometimes you make plans and then God goes, cute, but no. That's what happens. There's nothing wrong with that. I was like, well, I tried to. didn't work out. Oh, well, I'll do my best and, and to, to come the next time and, and, and do a better job or see what the Lord sets up next time. That's not a sin. That's not something wrong. That's not something evil. He made a plan. God said, yeah, no, we're not going to do it that way. And so if you look at this text, you see these three things that just emerge. One, hey— I'm writing to you. You can get this. You understand this. Just listen. You, If you listen, if you, in fact, if you read, when you read slower, you'll probably get a lot more out of it and just kind of slow your roll and take your time. Number two, it's cool to pray for a double blessing. Don't try and squeeze something in there that makes this Elisha-like because you're not Elisha, even though you want to tell people you are. And then number three, it's uh, okay that you you made the plan and it didn't work out, uh, and, and, and God's still with you, God still loves you, God's still operating with you, and this in no way condemns humor with the gospel in any capacity. Otherwise, why would God even enable you to laugh or smile? There you go. Pretty straightforward stuff right there. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're going to take a short break, top of the hour, then we'll be at back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? All right, Psalm 46, verse 1 through 3. This was the first uh, psalm that was read to me when I went to Bible college, the very first class I ever took in Bible college. 
a bazillion years ago. Let me just say that. Psalm 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their suffering. Here is something to consider that will be just absolutely a mind blower. How should you and I respond if the earth falls out of its rotation? <laughs> okay, so... So my uh, brother-in-law works for JPL and is actually one of the people that helped write the program that helped land the Mars rover on Mars. He helped write the computer programming, okay? He's much smarter than me in those realms, okay? About my age, a little younger, about my age. Very, very intelligent guy, right? And uh, he's the one I always make a joke, you know, what, 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 keeps the earth you know rotating and so you'll hear me say uh, that it's on a perfect 23 and a half degree uh you know uh, rotation uh from the moon and from the the exact rotation from the sun or it's three mice chasing a piece of cheese and a wheel <laughs> one of those two so uh the idea behind that and that whole story is the earth is in this absolutely perfect rotation with all, with the the moon and the sun and without it the earth would go through a free fall. Just even a half a degree off, it's over. It's all over. I mean, the, 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 there would be instant tidal waves. Everything would just be upside down. And if that ever happened, you know, you would know that's the end, although that's not how the end's going to happen. We already know from Scripture. But here's what the, the psalmist is saying. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. It doesn't matter if your world seems like it's upside down. It doesn't matter if it's out of rotation. It doesn't matter if there, the mountains fall into the sea. It doesn't, doesn't matter if the waters roar. God is a refuge. And a refuge is a shelter in a storm. You would first think of a lean-to. That is what a, a shelter in a storm is. So when it's raining, you find a lean-to, you put something on a tree, you put it uh, you know, against something else, and you get under it so you're away from that. And it says that God is a refuge, a strength, an ever-present help, which means he's helpful today, not just when it's all settled in eternity. And there's that lies a problem for some Christians is they keep thinking, well, in the sweet by and by, everything will get worked out. Well, that is true, that everything will be completely worked out in the sweet by and by. But God is an ever-present help, which means for today and not just for tomorrow. And then the position of the psalmist is, therefore, 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 in other words, it's a conclusion. So God is our refuge and strength, okay? So he's our lean-to in a storm. He's our ever-present help. Therefore, I don't have to be afraid. The David Spoon Experience. 770 KAAM Garland, Dallas, Fort Worth.